0: Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this podcast, I caught up with the inventor of the Backyard Ultra format, Lazarus Lake. Here you go. Okay. Laz, thanks for coming on. Oh, glad to be here. Appreciate you asking me. Oh, no worries at all. No worries at all. How are you going?
1: Ah, I'm uh, just trudging through the last of the winter. i know. on the cold, wet days, I don't go get in my miles. I right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I figure there's only so many miles left on my legs. Why should any of them that I can avoid be done in, in a miserable cold rain?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I may as well um, start with the obvious question. Um, can you tell me about how and when you first got the idea of the backyard ultra format
1: <laughs> in high school. Yeah, it uh, it was an idea that I had when I ran track in high school, right? Uh, and because I thought it would be a race that was perfectly suited to my my strengths as a runner, mm. and uh, that I wasn't fast, but I was was durable. I was always in good shape. Yeah. And I could take a lot of abuse. And best of all, I could get by on very little sleep. Yeah. But it didn't come to fruition until we had bought this farm where we live now. Mm-hmm. And wanted to have an ultra here, but it's it's only 140 acres, which is not a huge place. And I was trying to think of a format for a race that would that would be fun. And dredged up that idea from my high school days and thought, you know, I've got just about four, a four-mile loop of trails. I yeah. measure it out. And, and uh, so that could work. We'll see if anybody, if, if anybody likes it. I didn't know if enough people would want to do it uh, to even support one race.
0: Yeah. And w- what year was that first race? Uh,
1: 2011, I believe.
0: Right, yeah. How many people came along?
1: We had 47 people, I believe, and uh, that was, so it wasn't even completely full. Yeah. But as it turned out, that was the last time it didn't fill up.
0: <laughs> um, and and the, the you've got a limit of 75, is that right? 75 runners at Bigs
1: yes we started out with 50 then the second year we we set it at 60 to trying to figure out what the what the sweet spot was how many we could take before there just wasn't room for more 75 is about about the right number
0: yeah yeah and how many yards were completed in that first one in 2011
1: 16 I believe was the number that won it but part of that was because we we did not go to a road loop at night and I didn't realize how difficult it would be for people to finish that trail loop in the dark yeah it's uh so really er most everybody was taken out by the by the difficulty of finishing it in the dark and then the guy who won it ran i think the 14th and 15th loop really fast right and broke everyone's spirit yeah the uh, the backyard kind of lends itself to mind games
0: yeah yeah Um, i've had the
1: competitive end
0: yeah because i've heard a few stories about backyard ultras where um the assist has become kind of um just mentally has mentally lost it because they see the other runner put in a fast loop or yeah. um, just looking so and, fresh
1: and nobody can nobody ever shows weakness mm. they uh they they can't uh, tell each other enough how damn good they feel
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i was going to ask about the day and night um courses like, was it after that first event that you decided to bring in the night cooks the night course
1: yes after the first year we realized if the if the race was going to go to its logical conclusion we needed a night loop that was relatively easy to finish yeah i like i like a lot of people the very first big trail was really pretty rugged mm. and then you realize that the rougher the trail, really, the easier the backyard because if, if the course stops you, then you don't have to deal with that mental thing that now physically I can keep doing those loops. But mentally, how yeah. long do I want to keep enduring the discomfort?
0: Yeah, because I have heard that um, a few runners, or a lot of runners who have done bigs, um, or have done a course with a day and night loop. They really appreciate the change mentally. It, it's something to look forward to.
1: The night loop allows them to run a little bit quicker and get some get time enough for those valuable five and ten minute naps.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the night loop is mainly on a road. Is that correct?
1: Yes. And yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty flat. Um there's a it's a the first mile is pretty much downhill then it's fairly level with a couple of really minor uphill grades but when you come back the last mile is a steady uphill and the last little hump before you get to the end it doesn't look like much but of course after living out here for 15 years and and every Every run I have finishes on an uphill because we live at the top of a hill and right. I've come to really not like that little hill very much.
0: Right. <laughs> um so when did the um backyard ultra format start spreading um around to other countries?
1: Well there was a, there was a second person had asked about holding the race before the first one was even held. Right. So the second one was only held, I think, two months after the first bigs. Yeah. And then they're just there just kept being people contacting me and saying, I wanna I want to have put on a race like that. Yeah. You might. And other ones that didn't contact me. So the number of races is basically doubled pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. What what do you
0: think it is about them that makes them so popular and continue to grow in popularity?
1: Um well there's a number of reasons. One of them is that runners are actually pretty social.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and in, in a backyard, and you know, if you run ultras, that most of the time you are soon spread out where the you might be within a half mile of someone on either side but never see anybody for hours and hours we're in 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 a race like the vol state people would get home and someone says you know you were always within a mile of another runner yeah maybe so but i didn't see anyone for three days (laughs) in the backyard every hour you're all back together and then you get to start together if people get to talking between loops and want to finish the conversation, they can run a loop together because there's yeah. nothing gained or lost. Yeah. And it turns out it's really conducive to covering a lot of distance. It forces rational pacing on people. and they There's a lot of people now that have run tw- sub-24-hour 100 in a backyard that have still not done it in an open 100.
0: Hmm. Um, Yeah, the social aspect is probably what got me, um, the the first thing I loved about it most, because, and even the crew, I think, even the crew, um, while the runners are out running, they all socialize and enjoy the social aspect as well.
1: Yeah, you're all there together. You see your runner every hour and you don't have to do anything. I mean, it doesn't take very long to prepare for a runner when you're in place with a camp. Yeah, And then as it's gone on, people have figured out that it's a competition, but it's also a team event because you can't do better than the other runners. Even if you're the most competitive guy out there, you need at least one other person to go far or you can't accomplish anything. Yeah. If they all stop, you're done. Yeah. So it's really a lot of it is about all the runners are trying to encourage each other to get their best performance to keep them out there
0: yeah do you know how many backyard ultras there were in the world in 2022
1: i i do not alex hole has that information it's somewhere north of 300. wow which is just crazy i was worried about enough people wanting to do a backyard just to fill bigs on an annual basis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's that's been kind of the pattern for the backyards as they spread to different countries. The first year, they struggle to get runners out there, but after you hold one, then (laughs) it grows quickly on its own because they're a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and especially with social media, people and Strava, people post the amazing distances they cover, and, and and people want to do it, like Do give it a shot as well, I guess.
1: We're we're expecting to see over two thousand people finish a twenty four hour hundred this year, which is just a phenomenal number. Yeah, if I had the time and the resources, I've be curious to figure out how many twenty-four hour hundreds there are, and all the other hundred monitors put together.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. the 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 individual world championships later this year is going to be pretty special, especially considering COVID would have impacted the last time.
1: Yeah, we last the twenty twenty one version really was like two half races one that was at bigs in october and then the people that couldn't get to come here were in germany in, in mm. and yeah and this time we're it looks like we're going to have pretty much everybody it's i'm trying to stock up on sleep already <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's gonna be some kind of a some kind of a race
0: yeah it's going to be it's going to be awesome um and there's still, like, I mean, we don't even know anywhere. I mean, we've got the golden ticket winners, but there's still a lot of movement to come. Like, a lot of people are going to be trying to get onto that uh, list to make it.
1: Oh, yeah. there's Well, there was 37 national championships, yeah. of which, one, Belgium didn't finish with an actual winner, but those two guys at 101 were yeah clearly make it off the wait list. Then Finland still has to finish theirs because they had a they had some kind of huge storm that blew power lines down over the course when they were down to three and they're having a runoff in April to see who's the, the right. final champion. Yeah. Then we had uh the 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 Ukrainian guy is probably not gonna be able to come. And mm. one from Mauritius. We've got 25 already signed up of the, well, there would be 34 runners left. So, and I'm hoping that most all of the last nine can get visas and stuff straightened out so they can make it. Yeah. The at-large list is just, I, I suspect that it'll be at least something in the 60s just to get in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got a big one um, in a few weeks, Herdies in Western Australia, um, and it is a, a course that um, can get high numbers. So a lot of people are travelling from all over the place to get there to try and make that um, at large list.
1: Yeah, there's there there's a number of really big races, and then of course the ones that come in August that are right before the cutoff
0: yeah
1: and the masters in germany uh, Mm
0: -hmm. i saw you're going to be there for that one
1: that that's the plan you know flying these days right i'm sure that a few days before the race i'm going to be going to the airport what happens after that is (laughs) up to the airplane guys (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. um so back to the bigs course um what what what's the most challenging aspect of the bigs course do you think
1: uh for me with my old legs it's mm. just it's it's rough terrain it's a trail yeah so we try to make it easier every year but it's still got plenty of roots and rocks and and uneven footing mm. I think as a younger guy, it wouldn't have seemed like a bad trail to me. And we've we've really taken out a lot of the worst stuff. But it's it's still a trail. It's still a lot harder than running on the road. People's people's loops are eight or ten minutes slower than the ones they run on the road.
0: Yeah. I saw on Facebook that you're actually working on a new section of the course at the moment as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying to make a new introduction right now we run out on the road and back on the road to let people string out yeah. and I'm going to take where we where we turn around is still beside the farm so I'm making going to try to fit complete making an entrance there where you can run a loop in the woods and come back up and cross the road and not have to run back through camp right Yeah, it puts an unnecessary strain on the runners and the crews to not engage in crewing during the lap, which of course gets them disqualified. But your crews mean well, and we'll have about 30 different languages being spoken, so life would be much simpler. Yeah, I'm Um, concerned about cutting in half the length of time they have before they hit single track, that it would not necessarily give them enough time to string out. But we've got the little dogs raced two weeks earlier. Right. So we'll, if if I can get the trail complete, which is a big job.
0: Yeah, it looks like Then bit-
1: we'll test it out on the littles, the littles field first. And if it's not sufficient, we can always go back to the out and back that we are doing now.
0: Yeah. And this new section, will that be part of the – day or night course, or does it actually include included in both?
1: It's mostly, it'll, most of it will be on the night course. Right, yeah. They'll go down the road going out the same way that the night course goes, but then it will cut off and, and replace the back portion with a section through the woods. Mm. It's a nice little run where I'm working right now. They run along a 200-year-old hand quarry. Right. Where they used to quarry limestone for the rock walls. Wow. So that's perfectly flat.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It does look like a big job. Uh building trails is not and it's not that bad. It's not as hard as say stacking rock. Yeah. But it doesn't get easier with passing years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you mentioned in that Facebook post um, that there are polar bears.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a long-standing joke about the the dogs. They stand guard while I work.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and and I tell the grandkid the grandkids come out every weekend and stay, right. and I take them out. We hike on the trails in the woods because I I would like to imbue them with the love of nature that. That yeah. is missing in so many young people today. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them that the dog's job usually is polar bears, sometimes it's elephants. I say, you know, well, big, big when he was here, big's job is to keep the elephants away. Right. And they say, There's no elephants here. I say, see, he's done a really good job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: uh, but uh, Little's uh, a smaller dog, so she's just there to guard against polar bears. Right.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, are, are there any any types of bears there that people need to watch out for? Or no, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if, if there's a rare occasion where a bear wanders this far away from bear country, yeah. they get noticed and seen, and they talk about it on the evening news. Ah eventually the bear goes back or something happens to the bear or they catch the bear and transport it to bear country again.
0: Right, I see. Yeah. Um, Do you think 100 yards will
1: be broken at Big year? I tend to think it will. I mean, you would think that the course is too hard, but they've, they've done 85, 85 or 86 that Harvey did
0: yeah 85 and and
1: that was just with half the best in the world and at this point there's a lot better runners with a lot more distance under their legs Mm. i i tend to think that we'll see them go past 100
0: yeah yeah and now it's been done as well it's more people will probably be aiming for it too or believing it can be done
1: oh yes it's it's a collective thing that collectively the runners keep pushing that pushing that mark further out
0: yeah did you ever imagine that 100 yards would be broken
1: (laughs) i really didn't have an idea going in what the potential was for it yeah um so much of it was just unknown territory you know the in a format where you you never really get a significant sleep, how long can people go? Mm-hmm. And they they keep pushing it out there, and and I keep thinking they're they're capable of more. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the runners that have gone past eighty will say, you know, it gets harder and harder and harder. Until out there somewhere in the '70s or '80s, where it's it's like you break through and you feel like you can just run. Right. And I know when uh, when at the last bigs when we had Harvey and all uh, oh, the the guy from Jim Mori Mori, right, the Japanese guy, were were going on so long. They were out there in the in the late '70s. Yeah kicking out sub six minute miles yeah (laughs) it's just laughing and playing and trying to blow each other's mind
0: right (laughs) wow so do you think that maybe the 100 yards in a backyard ultra will kind of be like breaking like the four minute mile and it will kind of become more more common happening like we'll see it like once or twice every year
1: I think I think it'll become something you see I think you could see it at Herdy's yeah when did you say that was coming up oh, it's in, in a few, few weeks.
0: weeks it's in um early March maybe the, yeah in a few a couple of weeks into March
1: and you've got of course the Masters which will have a big field I think there's another race in Australia that was trying to put together a really big field
0: yeah, there is. There's and, the Masters in June, which will be a, a massive one, I think. Yeah,
1: and the heavy metal in August, the one in Estonia, right. has really had some good results in the past. And okay. this year, it'll be one of the major last chance races to get a to to get it on the at large list. Yeah, at a point in the season where you know it, you can get if you can break the at large list that weekend. no one can come back later and and knock you off
2: yeah Yeah. so i
1: think you'll see several and then there's always the i'd like suffolk when they did the first 80. if you get two stubborn guys on the same track Mm. then they can go for days by themselves
0: yeah Um, are there any runners at Bigs that you're extra excited about seeing for the first time run?
1: Uh, there's there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the the unique thing in terms of of championship level competition, if you get the marathon or the the ten kilometers or or one of those normal most races. You sit down and you can pick the favorites. There's three or four guys that are going to win. Yeah. uh, Because they're going to run off and leave everybody else. And then it's a matter of which one among that little group that's just faster than everybody else can win. Yeah. In the backyard, nobody runs off and leaves anybody. So pretty much everybody in the field has some chance to win. Yeah. And when you try to pick the favorites, you're still going to have fifty out of the seventy-five mm. that you could easily see win. Mm. So it's a it's a very intriguing race that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't. It's going to be. I can't wait. Actually, how how many backyard ultras in total have you been in attendance at?
1: Oh my god! I wish I'd taken count. <laughs> it has. It has been the greatest way to see the world. Yeah. If you wanted to travel places and really enjoy it, travel somewhere with a backyard ultra that Mm. you've never been, you have a chance to meet the people that are there, real people. Yeah. And and in a a situation where you spend actually quality time with them. Mm. And find out the places to go and the things to see that the people there like. Yeah, it's I had had not had a great desire to go see the world, and now I've seen a, a bunch of places in the world, and my photo album doesn't look like the 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 where to go list where all the tourists are. But yeah. you see the coolest stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i see that you're also going to new
1: zealand soon going to new zealand in just a few weeks i think at the end of april yeah i'm really excited about that
0: yeah yeah that'll be good any plans on coming back to australia i know you were here about 12 months ago
1: i i think that there is a desire to see the races on the western side of Australia as yeah. well. Yeah. Because that's that's like going to the US and you've been somewhere on the on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> but yeah. that's not a real good sampling of the country. Yeah. It's a real good sampling of the Gulf Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did get to drive not drive but ride in a car from Sydney to uh, Melbourne. Oh yeah, which was which was nice. I like seeing the countryside. Got to see a uh, a grounded submarine. Right. That's all the way across the coastal range. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they ran if they ran aground where if they ran aground on the west coast. That's way too far. But I don't see how they ran aground on the east coast and got it across those mountains. But there it is, out in the middle of a field.
0: <laughs> I don't even know about that
1: oh yeah you sh- it's
0: pretty cool <laughs> <Is> it?
1: <laughs> you live there you're supposed to know everywhere yeah I
0: know. <laughs> um so strategically um have you seen backyard ultras evolve over the years um
1: there's you see a lot of people try different things strategically. Yeah. And it's my own personal thinking from watching them is that I would mix it up. There's a tendency you see people that run real close to the line, and, or people that try to buy a lot of time. I think I would mix it up. Of course, right. almost everyone's fastest fastest yard is the yard where they need to hit the porta potty, right? Because yeah. you have a choice; you can hit the porta potty at the start of a loop. And then plan to run however fast you have to run to make it up. Yeah. Which that doesn't seem comfortable to me.
2: Hmm.
1: Or you run fast enough on the loop that you buy some time and then you just have to get your paperwork done before the
2: yeah.
1: before the bell rings again.
0: Um have there ever been any performances where that you've seen where you've just had to like sit down, shake your head because you just can't believe what you're seeing?
1: Uh, there's a bunch of those. Uh, yeah. Will Hay- Will Hayward was one of the most amazing ones uh, the year that Maggie Guterl won the world championship. Yeah. And it was down to him and her, but frankly, at 20, you, you develop a tendency in camp to look at the field and try to guess who's the next one out. Mm. Well, at 24 hours, it was easy. You could see that Will was really struggling. And you thought, he's the next one out. But one by one, people kept going down, and Will was still there. And somehow he would pull himself together and go another lap and another lap and another. And it got down to just him and Maggie and you could see at first she was brimming with confidence i mean there's just me and this guy who's been dying for
2: hours
1: (laughs) and then our he would stagger in with just a few minutes to go and his crew would literally pull the head back so his mouth was open pour some pour some stuff in it stand him back up and shove him into the starting corral and off he'd go again and after a while you could see in maggie's eyes it's like what is it going to take to kill this guy? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: you know, Can he do this forever?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, or you, you see them where they, they get the death spiral. They don't have enough time to rest between loops, so it slows them down, which gives them less time, which slows them down.
2: Yeah,
1: And you can see the lines converging where they're not going to make it, and then they'll... Pull themselves together and and come back and run some fast loops and get by themselves time to rest and get back in it.
0: Yeah, and that that's mental strength, isn't it?
1: And and just weathering the storm, the ups and downs that you go through physically in any ultra are kind of exaggerated in the backyard because. You have that narrow margin. You can't have that really bad hour.
0: Yeah. So um, at the moment, there's not really prize money in backyard ultras. Do you see a time when there might be significant prize money in backyard ultras?
1: You know, it's hard to envision where anything is going. Yeah. I, I could see Backyard Ultras because we bet in camp.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> backyard Ultras would lend themselves to being something you bet on. Yeah, I don't think money would bring anything good to it. Mm. But we're we're already... The game has changed. We'll have a guy doing some drug testing at the Biggs World Championship this year. Right, yeah. Uh, not i don't think it's an issue but the tendency with cheating is the the first level you have to worry about is people concerned someone else is cheating yeah well, that's that's much more of a factor than the number of people who actually might yeah so i don't think it the only thing that could be an issue is of course people having to pee after they're done <laughs> So, if, if it's a hot weekend, we might have to wait on that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so what types of drugs will be tested for?
1: Just the standard whatever whatever their rule of list of things is. I don't think I don't think most of the standard drugs of concern are really an issue here cuz I don't think it's more about mental strength than physical strength yeah so i think it would come more in terms of what is it legal to take to stay awake
2: yeah
0: and
1: yeah. you probably want to institute that before it becomes an important enough thing for people to be tempted to do that cuz you don't want to see them hurt themselves yeah it's just a game
0: yeah yeah um and you don't want it, I guess you also don't want um backyard ultras to have a reputation as ultra events where people take drugs to last this long
1: yeah yeah that's that's not what you want to get yeah the interesting thing I've gone well at last year's bigs I went ninety one hours without anything more than just two and three minute naps one fifteen minute
2: nap right
1: yeah and you know i don't i don't even take caffeine or
2: really?
1: i i drink sodas, so i'm obviously getting some caffeine but
0: yeah
1: only the same amount i get in a normal day
0: yeah i was going to ask about that like how do you how do you stay awake for these really long backyard ultras <laughs> <laughs> like- um I guess you just must love watching what's going on.
1: Yeah, you have you have your cycle of things that you're doing. Yeah. And then I have it for me, it develops down into a routine from blowing you blow the whistles, then you ring the bell, and then you go and check on the things you're responsible for one by one. Or if something's come up, you get into the house, write the update, and then I look at my watch. And if I have more than five minutes before I have to be back now, this is the first day you, you just go. Yeah. I can go 20, 24 to 36 hours without sleep. Really just kind of a, a normal is not even a strain, but once you get, once you get out there, but by 24, 36 hours, you start feeling the need. And when I know I can sleep instantly, I have my alarm set for the number of minutes it'll take me from getting up to be out there to blow the whistle. And I just, if I look and I have the time to get a five or six minute nap or even two or three when I'm really tired, I turn the hour on the alarm to the hour I'm on, Yeah. click go and I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, you- <laughs> if you can't go to sleep instantly, it's not worth the trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel a little bit refreshed after just 2 or 3 minute nap?
1: Yeah. I yeah. think from a lot of years of sleep deprivation experience and all kinds of of races and just things I do in my life. Yeah. The biggest thing you need is to go to sleep. Right. And you know that uh when you just like in a business meeting when you're fighting it so hard (laughs) if you just fall asleep for a couple of minutes your brain knows it got to go to sleep yeah after a while it figured that says hey how long did i really sleep i don't seem to be as refreshed as i should be
0: (laughs) um I was going to say, are there any runners out there who haven't run a backyard ultra you would love to see give a shot? Like, like for example, I've got, I've got like a cut. Like you probably would have heard, like Dave. I would love to see David Goggins do a backyard ultra. Killian, Jim Walmsley, runners like that. Would you love to see runners like that give a backyard ultra a go?
1: Um you like seeing really good runners get a, get a take a have a go at it what you find the elite in the backyard is really a whole different cut yeah the really good athletes are really good athletes it yeah. wouldn't matter if they were running a backyard running a 100 mile or running a backyard or playing baseball if mm. you give them a little bit of time to develop skills a good athlete is has physical gifts and mental gifts to go with it. So a lot of the really good runners are also really good at backup. For some of them mentally, it's really hard to deal with this, this aspect where that you can't build a lead. Yeah. If you're really fast, and you're accustomed to running off and, and you know, 30 minutes into a race, there's only two people who are even within reach to catch you, even if you blow up. Yeah. As opposed to everybody still in the race is tied with you every hour. Yeah. And you have to earn your lead again every hour. Then you have some guys, and, and we've all known them in our career that they're they're just not fast enough. Fast runners run off and leave. Them. But you know they're tough. You know they're physically and mentally tough. And they get into a backyard where people can't leave them. They become really difficult to deal with. Because, yeah, mentally, they're up there with anybody. Mm. And so it's fun to see a unique set of people who are the really great. Australia's best right now is Phil Gore, right? Yeah, and he's probably not the fastest in any, any other distance. Mm. I don't really know his career because he's in Australia. Yeah. But my sense of things is that the best runners wouldn't be terrified to face him in a hundred miler or you know a hundred kilometers. But you wouldn't take it lightly matching up with him in a backyard because he's. He's like well, Hayward. What does it take to kill this guy?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, he did win a 100 miler the other um, just a week or so ago. Phil Gore.
1: Well, good. What was his time? When? How fast is he at hundred miles?
0: Oh, look, I'd have to double check, but I think it was about 22 hours.
1: Okay, so it was it was a really rough one. That's not a super fast time, but hundred miler is a very and depending on the course that could be really fast
2: yeah yeah
1: if he did 22 hours at Barclay he'd be a guy
0: right <laughs> um so you mentioned before you you drove from Sydney to Melbourne so I, I'm not sure if I dreamt it or if someone told me but they told me that you were kind of interested in that Sydney to Melbourne race they used to have here in the 80s was that and that you were that you had some interest in maybe bringing it back was that my imagination or does that sound like
1: right? oh no, there would be no way no way for me to bring it back
2: right
1: <laughs> yeah. but i was i i followed the race when it happened
2: yeah and it always
1: seemed like that would be such a fun race to run you know yeah. we have some really long road races here in tennessee yeah and but of course i couldn't run it like those guys were.
0: Mm. yeah I, I mean there's um <laughs> absolute legends have won that sydney to melbourne race so it's a shame i reckon it's a, i reckon if they brought it back it would be pretty popular
1: i i think in the end kuros's greatness is probably was the worst enemy that race had
0: right too because dominant. he was
1: yeah he was too dominant the i think the magic might have lasted even until today if if there was turnover and who won or even if it was just close
0: yeah there's a good story cliff young winning
1: yeah when cliffy <laughs> won yeah, that was <laughs> that's the kind of thing people really get inspired by
0: yeah um I did post a couple of questions on my Instagram account to see if anyone had any questions. And I did get a few. So um, one of them is, um, since the inception of the Barclay Marathon and the Backyard Ultra, um, what is one of the most interesting or unexpected things that you've learned about ultra runners and human endurance through the lens of these events?
1: Um, from the Barkley, what it ultimately comes down to is the ability of the runner to endure uncertainty, but it wasn't really, already knew in athletics, the hardest thing for an athlete to deal with is uncertainty. And the real challenge of the Barkley is that it's perpetually uncertain. You, you never have enough noticed you know you don't know exactly where the co- course goes until right before the race and you don't right. know when it's going to start until an hour before the beginning so because each loop is anywhere from 12 to 18 hours you have to pack gear that that fits the time of day that the that you're starting because where are you going to be, when will it be dark, how much of it will be dark. Uh, if it starts first thing in the morning you can see we'll be finished before dark or if it starts at noon you're going to get a whole bunch of dark in the first and so the runners are perpetually left without time to really plan and prepare for exactly what's what's happening. And then the nature of frozen head and being out there with no connection through electronics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> but it's the resourceful person who's not, not distressed by yeah. the unanticipated is going to be the one that succeeds. You need to be creative as a problem solver. The, the backyard, God, I might could have come up with a better answer for that because I know that there's things things that I think about that you know when I devised the race in high school in my mind and the race that's turned out from it has been really not the same
2: mm-hmm. And,
1: and uh, seeing the importance in the backyard of the runners mutual support, as crazy as it sounds, because it's a race where only one person even gets credit for finishing. Mm-hmm. But when we run the team championships and you just have a 15-man field, yeah, those guys will push themselves knowing they're not going to win, but that every lap they have counts for the team. They'll go on and on and on when they're really in a bad way to get to do it for the group as opposed to themselves. We we think people are selfish, but in the end, people will make greater sacrifices for their team than they would for themselves and an individual. Mm. Now, that's one of the other things I love
0: about Backyard Ultras is, is all of these little um, innovations like making the national team and then making the at-large list. Um, when did you when did you come up with the idea of the satellite world championships?
1: um uh, it was it was necessity in 2020 we had scheduled a regular annual championship like we'd had in 2019 and, and like we tried to have in 21 like we're having in 23 yeah but no one could travel. no one could leave their country. So we talked around with the, the, the race directors in different countries and came up with the idea of putting the 15-man teams together. Because you really can't have a team championship in a backyard because the, the nature of the event restricts the field size too much. Mm. But by running, it's really the races that are competing with, you, with each other. It's like you have a race in Australia which is to determine the Australian champion. But your race in Australia is competing with our race in the U S and Brazil's race in Brazil and Belgium's race in Belgium Mm -hmm. to see whose race gets the most. So suddenly these guys are out there and the runners loved it because you're out there with 15. And until you get down to the last two, you're trying to milk every lap out of every runner. So you're, so your country can win. Yeah. And then the last two, it's down to who gets to go to bigs. Yeah. And we and once you once we saw how well it worked. So here's something that makes sense. It sets up a schedule where people only only have to do so many really big races because it's one of the problems in ultra running. People get in, they get excited. They don't understand their body is like everybody else's and if they run a major race every two months mm-hmm. or a year their career is probably going to last about a year
2: right
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh so and it leaves room for other events like uh, your big races in australia or the, the one the one in germany and the one in estonia and I know I'm leaving some out, which but it, it leaves us places in the calendar for other big events for new new runners to come make a name for themselves. Yeah.
0: I think it's um, a really good thing as well because um, people can aspire to make that national team as well. It's um, something for people to aim for.
1: It, uh, yeah, I, well, every every we. Well, as long as the numbers allow us to keep it that way, we'll have it where any runner can sit down and say, I want to make it to the world championship. Yeah, And they, you, you set your goal. I'll run a bronze ticket race. And I'll win that bronze ticket race. And I'll go to a silver. And I win the silver, I go to the national team. Yeah, No one has to like me. I don't have to have a sponsor or, or a lot of money. I just yeah. have to go out there and, and have the mind yeah to win these events and hell if you win the national championship then you just have one more race to go
0: yeah yeah so you mentioned the start time of the Barclay Marathon like the runners obviously don't know what time it's going to start do you plan ahead what time you're going to start it or are you also kind of just thinking I'll start it when I feel like it kind of thing
1: (laughs) Oh, not at all, because according to the way things happen, you could be tempted to move it one way or another based on the, the situation, the yeah. circumstances of the moment, like the weather. Yeah. So before we leave this year's park, we'll know what the course changes are for next year and what time the race is going to start. Right. Uh, I've known for eleven months when this year's Barclay is going to start.
0: Well, wow. <laughs> um, what's the most difficult backyard ultra that you're aware of?
1: Ah, uh, hmm, one of the easy courses. Well, I guess the the uh, <laughs> the, the backyard. The harder the course, the easier the backyard.
0: Right. Yeah. Because
1: if the course takes you down, yeah. then you don't have to deal with the mental anguish of knowing physically you could do another loop. Yeah. While your mind has had enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's and a good- in a,
1: people and and I like like I said earlier, the very first bigs we made the trail difficult and then figured out oh i don't understand the nature of this race Hmm. what really makes it hard is when you don't have a physical reason to stop yeah and then it throws the whole weight of what happens on your mind
0: yeah um because it's interesting one of the other questions someone asked me to ask was are totally flat and easy courses against the spirit of the Backyard Ultra? <laughs>
1: um, the Backyard Ultra, the bottom line is supposed to be a fun race for everybody. Yeah. And uh, greatly undervalued. When I went to Alvdal suite we, and we stayed in a motel, and the, the lady that was the manager of the motel ran. She ran two yards. Right. She'd never gone further than 10 kilometers before. And she was on cloud nine for the whole week we were there because she was so excited about what she'd done. And and Sweden is one of the one of the places that's caught on. And hopefully it will catch on. More people will understand. It's not a race just for guys that can do 80 or 100 yards. Yeah. It's for anybody who's never done two yards before to get two or yeah. 10. Mm. You haven't done 100K. There is no more manageable way that that your effort is paced out for you to get 100K in 15 hours or yeah. 100 miles in 24 hours, 50 yeah. miles in 12. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's an everybody race.
2: Yeah.
1: They hang a bell at the races I went to in Sweden, and at the starting, at the finish line. And every time someone comes in, and they've run further than they ever ran before, they ring the bell. Oh, that's a nice. And life. they're like, they're the hero of the hour. Yeah. And the bell starts ringing on the first and second loop mm. because everybody's the furthest you've ever gone is the furthest you've ever gone.
0: Yeah well that's a nice idea because a lot of backyard ultras you'll ring a bell when you like when you finish but i like the idea of also ringing a bell when you beat a personal best
1: and and there's a lot of them made in the backyard
0: yeah yeah i did notice on the um backyard ultra calendar there are a lot of events in sweden they seem very popular there
1: sweden got an early start yeah and when when it first seemed like it was starting to grow and i'm thinking in my mind this has got to be just some kind of a passing fancy but i look in sweden and they've been going for more than 10 years and and they have at least 36 races i know in a country with 10 million people yeah and now they're kind of outdoor oriented in sweden but <laughs> Certainly not more than Australia. Nobody's more than Australia.
2: Mm.
1: Once it catches on as an idea that everybody can achieve something, it's it's uh, looks like something that can last.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Sorry, it's like golf. You know, you have those guys who shoot in the sixties. Yeah, and they're impressive, but. They're, they're not what makes golf go. What makes golf go is the guys that are shooting 100 and 120. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's millions of them. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, well, Les, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been a really good chat. And I'll also say um, a lot of people actually messaged me just asking for me to say thank you just for your contribution to ultra running and for coming up with the back out ultra as well
1: (laughs) well i appreciate you having me on here and uh the the races that i've done i just put on races that i would like to run
0: yeah yeah well it's (laughs) well it's greatly appreciated a lot of people obviously want to run them too because people love them
1: I don't know if that shows good sense or not, but I (laughs) what is it? I don't necessarily understand it, but I condone it.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, well, all the best for the rest of the year. Um, enjoy your travels to all these other countries to watch backyard ultras and, um, I'm looking. I'm really. I mean, I'm really looking forward to following Bigs as well. i I think that will be the race of the year for sure.
1: Oh man, it's gonna be. I I sit and think about it because they'll start Saturday morning. Yeah. And Wednesday morning. Yeah. It'll it'll be getting really intense.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: and most people will have had their Saturday training, Sunday training, Monday training, Tuesday training. They'd be on their fifth day of training or work with nights of sleep in between. And these guys have been running the whole time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's what blows people's minds when they go. Like when I did my first Backout Ultra, I finished. I went home, went to bed, and checked the next day, and they were still going. I just couldn't
1: <laughs> <do> it. <laughs> it's insane isn't it yeah <laughs> uh, have you got your own 24 hour
0: um yeah I actually did 26 yards at uh MVP right. just a few weeks ago so I was happy with that it was a big confidence builder so I'm doing I'm actually doing another four backyard ultras this year so I'm really keen on uh improving as well
1: so you've got the kind of strategy I I would have. Right. You yeah. get your hundred yards. You may have to run four backyards to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this was my third. The first one I did 16, and then I did twenty two. And then just recently I did my twenty six. So I'm hoping to do at least forty by the end of the year.
1: Whoa. 40 is big time. 44 yeah. is an achievement yeah 40 is big time
0: yeah i think uh, making it through the second night is um is a big achievement
1: yeah it's uh it's something it's like anything i guess that Mm. a little experience and a little practice in you yeah you get a little further before you encounter a new problem
0: yeah yeah so yeah i mean I, i learned i learned a lot um after every single one and um I definitely learned a lot in the last one. I think it's the mental side that gets me before the physical side, like it will start really hurting. But um but I've just got to just to run through that pain to get further, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the mental aspect to me, it really boils down to being able to stay in that moment. Yeah. And not not let what's left Yeah. Build up on you and crush you down.
0: Yeah. Because I'd started
1: you you may not can run 40 hours, but you could certainly run 40 or one hour 40 times.
0: Yeah. That's right. If you
1: just do them one by one.
0: Yeah. Well that's right. Because I started looking ahead. I started I was started to be impressed with what I'd done there was only um i started the 27th yard and i was there was only three people left and i started thinking about well wow, i've done a pretty good job here and that was when <laughs> that was when everything fell apart and i just uh, I, yeah.
1: well uh, babak who won the 20, 2015 or 2016 digs he he had never broken 24 hours for a hundred before. Really? Or even really close. Wow. And yet he got in that and just stayed. He's and he said, Well, he thought about it and thought about it. And he decided that what he would do is just keep going to the starting line until I'm the only one. Yeah. And that was all he thought about. He never counted the hours as they went. Yeah. He just got in the starting corral, and since there were other people there, yeah. he did his hour and then went back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's probably um, the best mindset to have. <laughs> yeah. um, well, well, look, thanks again, Laz, um, for coming on the podcast. Um, I look forward to reading your Facebook posts. They're always really good reads. And yeah, I'll um might I might even meet you one day.
1: Well, I would hope so. Are you in the Western Australia?
0: Um, I'm in Victoria. Um so okay, I actually that's
1: that's the north is that in the north northeast?
0: Um southeast. It's when when you went to Miram Wernet last year, I actually live not just a few hours from there. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: You're further towards the center though, not further towards you're not east of
0: Melbourne um, or I'm, west. yeah I'm, I'm close to Melbourne southeast. yeah east uh, east southeast so close to Melbourne
1: yeah yeah well well I'll just have to try again
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well look um thanks a lot lads it's been really good um, enjoy the rest of your night
1: I will do it now I never know what to do with these things well there's I've got my mouse, am I just supposed to click off or Yeah, just press
0: end and um and that's it. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.